You know, I think my biggest thought at this point, what's worse? Getting like the full nasal oropharyngeal swab for Corona or the VD swab? What's the VD swab? <laughs> That's where they... Uh, they, they put a Q-tip in the little hole, and then they put it in the Petri dish. No way. <laughs> I don't know if we could use this as a cold open. One of my best friends from pharmacy school, we called Q-tip for years. That's why. I've had that once. It was the catheter after an operation. <laughs> Just, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I couldn't pee for, like, it was, like, three hours, four hours, and just building, I could see my, like, um, bladders kind of coming up. And the nurse just said, like, okay, well, the only option that you've got is a catheter. I'd never really even seen a catheter before. And they showed me and they go, well, that's got to go in there. And so they go, we've got an anti, what do you call it? What do you call it? Anesthesia yeah, to anesthetic numb it. Cream. Anesthetic cream. And so they, they brought three nurses in, one on each side to hold my hands down and then one to put it in. But I was in so much pain. They put it in and it was the best feeling ever, which is like crazy. I ended up doing like, I can't remember, like 700 or 800 mils of um, of weight. Just kept on going and going and going and going and going. And then it finished and then they had to take it out. And that was the bad part. I think people know a lot more about Denver now. So let's start the show. <laughs> My name is John Edwards, and with me as always is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Shrinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Hello, hello. How are you? Day whatever of this whatever, and uh, you know, still alive and kicking. I miss you, man. You're the brother I never wanted. Before we get started, I want to let you know this show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, changing the industry standard as to how you receive your alcohol. And now more than ever, you are looking for places where you can get your liquor delivered directly to your door. That's what CastCartel does. Obviously, knowing that it is online liquor sales, it might be a little bit more expensive than what you might find in the store, but this is a convenience thing. This is you sitting at home, getting your liquor to your door where you can let it sit outside for three days to make sure that it does not have any coronavirus on it before you go ahead and drink it. This is one of those things where the stuff that you're finding in the store that are your everyday drinkers, they're going to be pretty much on par with what you would pay in the store. But you know, if you're looking for Pappy, it's going to be more expensive on there, guys. And you don't have to tell us we know go to cascartel.com see for yourself get your whiskey gin vodka rum tequila whatever it is shipped right to you also go to instagram.com follow cast cartel they're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers they just did a whole thing for blanton's gold who knows what they're gonna do and when go to cascartel.com cast cartel on instagram want to let you know that all of our glassware was provided by distilleryproducts.com. Check them out. Janie, Carson, Vicky, all the good folks over there, they have wholesale pricing on your laser etched glassware needs, whether it's glens, weak lens, rocks, decanters, flasks, tipsy rocks, whatever it is, they have it. Check them out, distilleryproducts.com. Send me a message. I will get you in touch with them. If you are a distillery, you're a restaurant, you're a bourbon group, and you want to get some awesome wholesale wholesale pricing on glasses 
check out our friends at distoryproducts.com. We have a very special guest back. We miss him. We are overdue. I think he was going to come to Nashville in February or March, and we missed out on him because of this whole coronavirus thing. But Denver Kramer from Denver and Lyle, some of the most awesome glasses that you can find anywhere. Welcome back to the show. Come estas, bitches? <laughs> So you forgot to mention I was the number one, the number one Australian in Mexico. You were the number one Australian in Mexico. Well, I yeah. heard that like Keith and Nicole went there, so you were kind of screwed. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm illegally living there. I don't think they are, so I, I, I guess I get win on that criteria. I mean, we love australians here in nashville because keith and and nicole do live down the street we're trying to convince hugh jackman to move here zeke's looking for any of the good looking australian soap actresses to come move here too yeah what's her name out of um, wolf of wall street she was in a soapy back in australia in in this town is margot robbie is that's it, it margot robbie she's just from a local soap what she turned into this huge thing now she's doing like uh the... have you seen her well oh, yeah no shit hot <laughs> of course she turned into a huge thing no but she what it was uh the the suicide squad and she was in the the movie bombshell with um yeah uh what's her name uh, Charlize theron she's a super talented actress who doesn't love a crazy hot blonde i mean now that britney murphy's passed away somebody had to fill the void britney murphy uh, I know that name. Brittany Pretty Murphy good. was in Clueless, and then she passed away. Yeah, a long time ago. She's Louise. Zeke's going back okay. like 15, 20 years. Clearly, uh, I may reveal a few things I keep up with in the world. I want to see when the last time Zeke knew something about pop culture. I'm going to look up Brittany. Two thousand nine. You hang on with the winners, John. That was the last oh, time. Right. I remember her. She was in that? Sin City, the first one. Jesus, that seems like a movie her? that Margot Robbie would do now. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She yeah. fills that void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. At first, I was a little skeptical, but I see where you're going here. Don't doubt me. So what, what are you guys drinking? I'm going through the, the reserves and really trying to kill some bottles. I have an Elixir Spirit OESF that's nine years, eight months old. It's 58.6 ABV under warehouse KE. This was bottled in 2018. So it's been sitting there waiting for me to open for a while. A couple of years, yeah. I also have a Four Roses, part of a pick I was on at the end of, actually the end of 2018, I guess it was now. It's simply called No Axe, No Sticker. It was a pick that flew under the radar, so to speak. And uh, I thoroughly have enjoyed the case that I was uh, fortunate enough to get. What are you drinking there, Denver? I'm drinking a, um, a Mosswood barrel-aged American whiskey, so bourbon out of Indiana, so it must be MGP, aged in a coffee barrel. It's out of um, San Francisco, a brand out of San Fran. Really solid. It's just so easy to drink. And it's the only bourbon my mum would drink. Like, it's just, it's so smooth off with the coffee. And I gen generally don't go for, like, um, barrel-aged bourbons, except for, like, a few exceptions, Magnus Walker. But this one is, like, this is good innovation. What you're drinking, that's aged in a, a barrel that actually had, I guess, coffee grounds or beans in it? Um, I think they actually did the coffee and then they seasoned the barrel in coffee. Yeah. So I'm not sure how long for. I don't think it was for very long. But basically, I think they rolled a barrel so they didn't have to make that much coffee, seasoned the wood for a month, and then chuck bourbon in there from MGP. It's solid. Like, I'll bring you guys a, a bottle when I'm um, coming back, when I'm allowed to come back. But I was meant to be there in, um, in March and, like, now. 
It is what it is. Do you get the coffee pick-me-up while drinking whiskey or what? I don't know what happens with the reaction between coffee and alcohol over a long term. You might know, Zeke, actually. You're the pharmacist. Well, I, I feel I, like it's a better question for John because he loves coffee and sometimes loves whiskey. So I, I feel like this would be a match made in heaven for him. Well, no, there's Red Eye Rye, admittedly, which is a Nashville company. It is coffee with rye. It's like 5% coffee. It's really good. It's got actually some caffeine in it, but it's nothing like an actual cup of coffee caffeine. Don't quote me on this. I need to go back and actually look this up, but I think it's something like one cup of coffee equals the whole bottle. Bottle. But Red Eye Rye, if I got that wrong, please forgive me. I'm not trying to say anything wrong. Yeah, right. So what have you been up to? I mean, famously, one of our best shows ever, you were on with Brett. (laughs) The most random show. And I actually did a live stream with Brett yesterday for Sugarlands. We did a live stream on their Roaming Man Rye. Love Brett. Got to go down and see him when he was working at ASW. What have you been up to since we last actually got you recorded? I know we've talked to each other, but tell the people what you've been up to. Dude, when was that? That was when did we? A couple do that? Of years ago. Two years ago. That's a lot of stuff to cover. But I um, mean, you now have a metal traveler. <laughs> yep. Denver and Lily uh, that Last, I still yeah. haven't got my hands on. I need to get my hands on that one. Let's work something out. What I else? See that you have a full bottle of your uh, Willet release there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're going for our Willet, I need that one that has the leather. You know, the the glass that has the leather case. Deal. Deal. Yeah. I'll make it happen. I've got to go to the post office anyway after this, so I can actually make that happen. That one we're actually going to phase out. So it just takes way too long to make. Each one takes like three, four days because it has to be hand folded. So it's just it's just way massively labor intensive. Well, and you talked about that. I mean, the last time we had you on, I think we were all excited to talk about glasses with you. You were (laughs) picking barrels all day. You and Brett were up in Kentucky, and I know I had hooked you up with a couple places, and you went to a couple places. So by the time you got down to us, you were like, yeah, man, I have a glass. I don't care. Let's talk about anything and everything (laughs) but it. But your glasses, I mean, Zeke still drinks everything from the gin glass and you the only person in the world you have a gin glass a whiskey glass a bourbon glass but you are actually an engineer and and you guys have actually created these to have a certain shape and a certain profile based off of the spirit you're drinking right yeah pretty much so we go to these places and do a bunch of research with like a a whole bunch of different distillers. Like in um, in Kentucky, we had, what was it, Michter's and just spent a tiny bit of time at Willet, but Heaven Hill and Wild Turkey, they did a lot of work with us and same with um, Beam as well. So we had some pretty heavy hitters that um, were pretty keen on helping us out with the glass, which was um, super, super cool. Yeah, we just do it. We just follow like an actual passion that we have anyway. That was the bourbon glass pretty much. And so that came out That was out when I was there, yeah? Last time you were here, it was just coming out because you did a tasting at Bellmead. That's right. Yeah, Bellmead also helped out. And it was tough because I got to see you actually be all serious, do this serious tasting. And then by the time you got to us for the (laughs) podcast, you were like, let's just have fun, which that's seriously some of my favorite stuff. I mean, we talked about who shot first. Was it Han? We talked about some band as well. 
what was the name of it? it you guys all knew that band and i was like i've never heard of this person it sounds like a woman i don't i'm gonna have to go back and listen to it but it was so yeah. good we had like two so hours of audio yeah. and none of it so was usable <laughs> i can't wait to do that again and um i spoke to actually um brett yesterday and he said he's down as soon as, as soon as I come back. I can't wait. Hanging out with you and Brett is obviously, I love both of you, but because we didn't get to before, let's talk about your glasses a little bit. Like the bourbon one, the thing I like about it, it's a little bit bigger than a Glen. You know, it's a little bit wider yeah. than a Glen, but it's yeah. heavy. Yes, admittedly, your glass costs a little bit more than a Glen Karen would, but a few times, yeah. But it's, it's one of those things, like, if you get a desk that has the fake wood and it's light, it's super light, and you're like, this is engineered wood opposed to getting real wood. It's like, this has the weight of something that actually costs a little bit more. Zeke's laughing at me, but it's, I mean, when you pick it up, you're like, okay, I spent X amount of bucks on this glass, and you pick it up, and you're like, it feels like I actually got like, my money to it. Feels like real wood. Yeah, every time I drink and smell out of it, I get I get real wood for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm laughing because uh, inevitably I'll, I'll ask it, but I I think it's a rhetorical question. I'm gonna guess that uh, you didn't get what do they what do they call them a a standing or a floating desk by any means. Nah, don't no, have one of those. I could uh, put one on top of it, but I got one for my office that is a real wood. Well, I was just going with the notion of like, you know, they say those standing desks are um, exponentially more healthy for you, benefit-wise, and other things, et cetera. Well, I take walks. So what I do when I have a long conference call is I actually go outside and take a walk because I work from home many days. Yeah, like I'm envisioning you wearing like one roller skate and the other leg just moving, and you're going in a 360 over and over and over. <laughs> you... Give me too much credit because I can't roller skate for shit. Well, that's why there's just one. The other foot, you just pivot and you you keep going round and round and round. No, I I walk. I I'm safe. When you're my size, you do the safest thing that you can and you walk. <laughs> Denver, talk about these a little bit because you have the bourbon one, you have the whiskey one, you have the gin one. Zeke loves the gin one the most. I yes. want to talk about other stuff with you and shoot the shit, but I want to talk about your glasses for a second because there's a lot of care that goes into each one of these. So how do you actually develop them? Um, well, we do we do a ton of research. So we're well well and truly beyond um, most companies in, in that respect. So um, companies will just fly in, work out like sort of the technical aspects and not really, you know, hang out with the people and, you know, where do, where do they go? How do they drink bourbon? What do they drink bourbon with, for example? And we did the same thing with the agave glass, which is the latest one. So that was mezcal tequila, and that was down in um, – I was been in Mexico on that project for two and a bit years. Oh, now you got um, Zeke. Zeke is just looking – do you see the look <laughs> on his face right now? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if you're – are you into mezcal tequila? Deeply. I mean, oh, mate, yeah. I'll We're, say probably because I really enjoy mezcal. Um, yep. I don't buy much of it, and the market here is very minimal. But I thoroughly enjoy some really good mezcals. No shit. It's a, it, yeah. it's a, it's a hidden passion. The only thing I, we really have around here is Casamigos. What was it? Del nah, Mag- you should be able to get a whole bunch of stuff. Del Magui, I think it's called or something. Del Magui. Del Magui. Yeah, I probably said it really bad, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. It's got a nice, um, like almost like a painted label. You know, it, it's artistic. Yeah. It looks good. 
Yeah, so they have a different label for each of the towns that they get it from. Yeah. Um, and yeah. depending on the type of agave that they use as well. Um, but that's that's a pretty commercial one. That one's owned, um, I think, majority stake is Pernod Ricard. Um, so it used to be a little bit more small scale, but now it's a bit larger scale. But uh, definitely you guys have to come down and visit me and I'll show you around. Like Mezcal has blown my mind. I couldn't believe it. Like when I I, I only moved to Mexico because um, my ex-girlfriend wanted to learn Spanish and we wanted to be closer to the U.S. for the business. And so then one, like it was like a couple of months in and then like it's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And that's the only time that I really only drink tequila. <laughs> and then I thought, I'm just going to, I'll just have a tequila. One of my mates there was like, I'll oh, try this tequila. So I tried this tequila. I go, man, that's not tequila. Let's get a tequila. He goes, no, that's that's tequila, mate. I was like, that's not bloody tequila. That's bloody whiskey. And he goes, no, 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 this isn't tequila. This is extrañejo. And I tried this thing and it was so good. And I was like, what the hell? How come we've never, I've never had a tequila like that. And so then I went down the rabbit hole. Uh, so tequila is a type of mezcal. Um, so then went back up the tree and then tried all the other branches on the tree. And we went through like heaps of different agaves, heaps of palenques. And then I was just like was speaking to um, Lily, my business partner, and saying, man, we have to do something here. These things are amazing. And then you combine it. So it's like a like a bit of a fabric over in Mexico. So it's all intertwined. Like there's song and dance and food and the mezcal and all of this fits together. It's not something in isolation. Um, so when you have it together, it just blows your mind like it's unbelievable some of these mezcals are just exceptional i'm going to send you so it was the first glass that we ever did a little film for and i'll send you the little film after this i can't wait to see it i love i know we had a wild turkey the espalon the x and it was aged in wild turkey barrels Zeke and I have no problem branching out to other spirits and and no problem talking about it. I think if you drink whiskey every day, your palate is going to become stale and you're never going to learn anything and you're never going to be able to switch it off and switch it on. We try to get out there. It's a big misnomer, I guess I would say, almost to call mezcal tequila especially in the States for what, you know, most of us would consider tequila. Like you said, mezcal is a completely different beast, completely different world. You know, the profiles, they're, they're, they're great. And it's not like, hey, we're going to get Cuervo at the bar. I've got a question. Actually, uh, no, um, tequila is a type of mezcal. So um, it's made from blue agave. Tequila is one type of mezcal made from one type of agave. But you can also make, so if they make, say, tequila using the same process in one state with blue agave and they go across the state line and then they make that same exact thing with the same blue agave, they have to call it mezcal because um, denomination of origin. It's just a type of mezcal. It's exactly the same thing. You learn something new every day. Mezcal is the parent and tequila is the, I guess, subsidiary or something. Yeah, so like if you're not genus. talking about the yeah. genus and the species. That's correct. Exactly. I think, <laughs> I mean, for me, and, and this is probably something that I get wrong because I always think of mezcal as something that's smokier. Not at all. I think it's a, yeah, it's a common misconception um, over in the States and even in Europe and Australia as well that mezcal is smoky. But like I've got a mezcal right here that is phenomenal, not a single sign of smoke, just lots of like pineapple, melon, and it's a lot more depth and layers into this. Like I have to I have to bring you samples. I'll come down and we'll go and eat in amazing places, drink amazing stuff in the middle of nowhere and it'll blow your mind. Like it's just so good. <laughs> 
thing that I love about Denver and Lively, and I hope you take this the right way when I say it, is both of you are super freaking smart, but like it's such a lifestyle brand too that you're always doing something crazy like hey, I decided to go on a 30-mile bike ride and take pictures of it. Yeah, like whatever it is, you're doing something. So when you talk to you, it's like you're super – I'm not kissing your ass. You're super smart. You got a lot of things going on in your head, and none of it is about your company. Like the company, when you talk to you, the company is the last thing you're going to bring up. You're going to be like, I just did all this cool shit. By the way, I have a glass. It's just an extension of us. Like, it's just something else that I do. Like, But it's just an extension of my personality. So, like, I would hang out with you guys even if you didn't drink bourbon. I'd just happen to meet you through bourbon. Oh, I so feel the just- same way about you. I'll toss this out there for folks. And John and I obviously have at least one or two or three of these various glasses, and, and we appreciate them and enjoy them. But for everyone that, that doesn't have them and, you know, maybe can't see them since we're on a, uh, you know, virtual call here or whatever you call these damn things, could you give us – a brief play-by-play, I guess, of what each glass accentuates or what your your thought process was in the design. They all end up with the same aim. So that the aim is to be the number one most researched and most accurate taste and smell profile of any glass in that category that we enter. And so we do basically whatever it takes. In the case of the last glass, it was the agave glass. So I, I lived there. And that was like, I ended up like staying even longer because I really wanted to understand everything around it. And I had to travel a fair bit to like um, Jalisco and to Oaxaca and Durango and um, a few different places to, to really understand it. Plus spend time with the people and go to different dinners at people's houses and just talk about like distillation process. There's no standardization of anything. They use like clay still sometimes. They use like stainless steels still they use copper when it's available like and then you get a different flavor profile and then oh man like we get like right into depth in stuff so like for me to like talk about each glass i think that's going to be a few hours but no i guess i can cover (laughs) i could cover the um, agave glass like just a really sort of large overview and i'll send you the link to that video and then maybe um post it in like the notes for the podcast or something for other people to see. But we thought we'd show like kind of the depths that we go to in a, in a video format instead of like just every time I, I do an interview or something like that. But basically like if you imagine bourbon, say wine or Scotch whiskey, all of those have a um, – do you guys know much about terroir, mm-hmm. the influence mm-hmm. of the environment on, yeah. on a particular – Yeah. Or, it's, or a grain or something like that. So each grain runs through a cycle of one year. Or say corn runs through a cycle of one year, um, grapes run through a cycle of one year. So there's influence from the environment on that particular um, crop for a one-year cycle. Whereas with agave, so like um, agaves are basically kind of like cactuses, I guess. Some of them, like one of my favourite ones is tobala. And tobala takes about 30 years to mature. So if you imagine, it's 30 times more complex and more specific to its environment than grain or corn or grapes by a mile. So every time you have a bottle of like a a good mezcal, it's probably the only time that you're going to be able to taste it like that, even if you've got the same cactus from the same distillery the next year. Is that kind of like the Mizunara where... So for a cactus to be alive 30 years, that's a long time. Yeah, it's a it's a long time and it's just 
And the other thing, the other big thing is that um, agave spirits age in the bottle, in glass. So that's how they traditionally used to age them. So, like, when you go and have, like, a mezcal, even from your own mezcals, on this particular day and it tastes amazing, it's not going to taste the same in a month's time. So you need to, like, it's such a particular, like, this moment now. Like, it's such a such an amazing, amazing spirit. Now, we have some friends that are, uh, for lack of better words, big wine whores, and we see it on yep. chats. So we, we get some of that. And then as far as, like, uh, you know, terroir goes, I've dabbled some in Armagnacs. And yeah. I love those things. That I wish they were cheaper. But seeing, you know, some of those that are from inevitably the same houses, they're pulling from the same sources, I guess. Each year, single vintage of cash drink, like you said, it, it shows such a different picture yeah. or portrayal or however you want to look at it. I totally get what you're saying. and That's why I didn't want to tie you up on a, a lengthy conversation, but maybe just a, uh, a, a one hit note of this is what this glass does the best. Okay. All right. Um, let me try and this is good. This is a good challenge. Pick a glass. You guys go and I'll take Bourbon you. glass. Bourbon glass. Um, we spent a bit of time there and then uh, basically worked out a certain criteria by speaking to like heaps of people. It's a lot about sort of like sweetness, the proof and like getting those other sort of um, bits and pieces like spiciness and cinnamon and um, stewed fruits and whatever. And then really focusing on that because you have like certain rules within the bourbon industry. So I guess um, some of the people that follow us um, don't know that much about bourbon, but you have like uh, you need 51% corn. The bourbon needs to be a new American oak um, charred cask. I can't remember the fill proof that it needs to be minimum, but 125. Yeah, 125. Well, that's the, the maximum. So maximum 125. There's a minimum. Okay. Yeah. So we have these rules. And then so then you end up getting a consistent flavor profile over. If you imagine there's a flavor wheel of pizza, there's a bunch of that that's common. So we need to focus on the other half or the other quarter to really define the differences between different bourbons rather than being like sort of expert level. So um, what we try and do with all of our glasses is to be able to open up um, more notes to more people. So um, it does different things through airflow and temperature control and um, and you have a lot more sort of yeah control, three levels of um temperature controlling so let's talk about the temperature control is it just where you put your hands on the glass yeah so you know like obviously that the the chode part of the glass or the um the knob at the bottom that's solid so if you get your hand around it it feels really comfortable doesn't it zeke they're all saying not to divert you but that's where i loved the gin glass and Mm. there's a the whiskey. I don't have the whiskey with me, but the way that it squats more and has more of a, a cut angle at the base, yeah. to me, it's not necessarily overly comfortably socially. And yeah. then also, when I go to get a drink, um, and I'll try to do this as best I can, but when I turn to pour it, yeah. so more of it would fall to the bottom, and I would get less of a nose depending on where I was drinking it. But to me, when I drink out of the glint, gin glass and i turn it up all the aromas and everything i want for a nose it's still there and then with a minimal turn i get a taste and it all just synergizes together and that yeah that's literally where i've been with that and all these glasses have a great weight which i think at the end of the day most people look at regardless of form or function there's just some out there you know there's no need to throw out names but if you're going to try and, uh, you know, swing with a glass, yeah. first and foremost, it has to have weight. It's got to be solid material. Definitely. It has to have girth. You need to hear it at the table. 35 40 bucks in this glass, 
It's so light and flimsy. I could knock it over easier than a solo cup. All right, man. Oh, man. I could name a couple of glasses. I honestly think that's like just such a ripoff. Like we don't make hundreds of percent like these other companies do. They go and make it like super cheap and then spend a shit ton on marketing. But it's just not a thing that we really care about. Like we put a lot of time in and we put a lot of engineering in and there is genuine research in there. And if you taste and smell it with somebody that knows what they're doing, they, they, can, they should be able to taste and smell the difference. And it's also like lead-free crystal. And it's hand blown, and we have ethical and environmental accreditations. Whereas none of these other companies can can talk to that level at all, except for like something I like maybe Riddell over in um, Austria. It does um, wine glasses, but there's not many really in the in the um, spirits scene. Like nobody's really, uh, in my opinion, no one's really making a really solid glass with like proper research and proper background and proper materials to me it's one of those things where like if you know you're at a, a social and somebody's like what are you drinking and you you pass it off to them yeah they literally may remember the glass and like the whole context and texture of it more yeah. the pour 110 percent not tooting your horn but it you know it, it is noticeable like oh man like i don't know what that dude had in there but I want to get one of those. Like, that's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like having a really cool sports car and then all of a sudden everybody looks better when they get out of it. <laughs> Denver, I have to ask you because we got serious with you. We don't do that all the time. Very often. <laughs> because I'm not drunk. Um, time. <laughs> what about Tiger King? Have you been watching Tiger King? Who hasn't watched Tiger King? Like, I was stuck in single-room quarantine. I watched it all in two days. Did you see a tiger and a tiger saw a man? Did I see a tiger? That's his song, I Saw a Tiger. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. He has a few songs, though, in that. But he, he paid other people to sing those songs for him. Yeah, right. I, I need to go back and like listen to the songs. I didn't pay much attention to the songs, but... Oh, Zeke, you haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it in um, the hilarious quagmire or whatever to this would be. John schmoozes so much uh, streaming TV off of all my direct TV. He has Netflix and I don't, but I don't have his sign-in info. Do you want my sign-in info? Maybe we'll don't say it on the air now. But yeah, <laughs> I'll give it to you. Zeke, I 100% will give it to you. We'll talk about this offline. Uh, I can, actually, Zeke, I can give you my Netflix. I've got like, um, it's for five people and I'm the only one who uses it. I like mooching off, John. It's just a principle. Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, I mean, if but, he's going to get a smell of the roses, then you got to make I, him work for it. You guys are based in Australia. Yeah. How does that factor in? I don't know, maybe um, I can't think of the right wording necessarily, but how hard has it been to emerge in other markets being in the land down under? It's not it, like everywhere has internet. So it's just, um, it's just how much work you kind of put into it this year. We've found like um, this year and last year, actually the bourbon glass, like kind of really hit its straps in the U S a little bit. Um, it's got a little bit more sort of, it's just rolling on now, um, which is awesome. But like, you remember, like it was two years ago that I was there and we released it not, it kind of like trickled, for that first year and then it started to go after so um i guess you guys are kind of early adopters but um it's just for us like a, a big thing is word of mouth it's not really we don't really pay for advertising or anything like that or 
we don't, we're not in any of the really big magazines unless the editor like genuinely likes what we do and none of our stuff is ever paid for. So like we're in Forbes magazine because the editor, he really liked our stuff. He tried it and it was like, man, we have to put this in. I was like, yeah, but we can't afford you. We said, it doesn't matter. We'll just we'll put it in. So yeah, we've been in like lots of stuff, but it's all genuine stuff and it's all word of mouth. So things take time. I'm happy, happy with that. The thing that I love about this glass the most there's nothing left in in my glass right now, but if you smells sniff great. it, you're still getting the nose. Yeah, yeah, and smell it the next day as well. It's still there the next day. I know we got too serious with you. Nah, it's all good, man. We'll, we'll have you on. <laughs> we will have you on to just shoot the shit another time, Denver. Oh, please tell Let me get another glass question in there. What would be your recommendation as far as cleaning? glassware boston rounds is where i'm really thinking about this is a hot water thorough rinse enough to completely clean cleanse glassware or should anything else be involved to preserve the integrity of the sample you're sending some friends because we can't get together and uh, share pores anymore yeah well he's unfortunately got me on a non-drunk day but um, my answer here is going to be technical Basically, it depends on the composition of the glass and the thickness of that glass. So, like, if you what about your drink, glass? With our glass, we have like quite a, a massive change in thickness from um, thick to thin, and it's lead-free crystal, um, which is pretty good with like um, like temperature how it sort of takes in temperature. But the big thing there is like if you're cooling it at a fast rate. Um, so sometimes in a dishwasher, you'll go from really hot water to really cold water and that's when you can cause cracks in something like this because you've got like a big difference in the thickness whereas it, it's not really going to affect so much the gin glass for example or the whiskey glass but something like this yeah a little bit more in the whiskey glass but the the gin glass is a little bit more consistent in its transition in thickness so like with other stuff like you're talking about were you talking about sample bottles and stuff like that yeah like uh like we all send each other you know one or two ounce normally boston rounds uh yeah amber like some folks cold water rinse, some hot water rinse, some dishwasher, some soap. I mean, obviously no. multitude of factors, but yeah. generally speaking for uh, run-of-the-mill or cheap glassware, what's the best way to rinse and cleanse those things uh, so that the integrity of the juice you're sharing with your friends doesn't get compromised? Yeah, for sure. So that one there that um, you can see that that bottle is pretty consistent in its thickness. And it's not a very high-quality glass. So I would just chuck that in the dishwasher at, at whatever temperature. I don't think it's an issue. Just put it on one of the spikes so that it stays up and then you get the jets from the bottom, uh, and that, that should be sufficient. And with water as well. But would you, uh, sorry, with, with soap. You would use soap or you would just hot water rinse it? No, I'd use soap, and then um, once you take it out of the dishwasher, then I'd, I'd hot water rinse it so it doesn't affect the taste profile. Okay. That would be the quickest way, and it's, it, it should be absolutely fine. We could go on and on and on. <laughs> I would say go visit denverandlily.com. Visit yeah. Denver and Lily on Instagram. Denver, where else can the folks find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, the interweb, the in the what else is there? The website? That's it. Um, I think that's it. And I'll send you that video as well on the agave glass. You should watch that because we spent a bit of time on that one. Please do. Find us at Dad Shrinking Bourbon on Facebook, Dad Shrinking Bourbon on Instagram, Bourbon Dads on Twitter. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Denver, thank you. No worries. Thanks so much for having me on again, guys. It's 
freaking awesome. I wish we had food with this. We will. Soon enough, we will do this with food. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? We've got a pseudo sponsor we can use for uh, some food here and there. Uh, I promise you, the next time you'll be more impressed. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, you can find us in Quarrenville, uh, Music City, USA. Quarrenville. Qu-